It's season two, all. Haven't seen it with Tim Sestito and Tommy Tevenet. Hello, everybody. Welcome on in. Thank you all so much for listening today. This is a podcast where one of us is watching a movie for the very first time. And today, that person is myself. Following in our tradition of me not watching horror movies, we're covering Cloverfield. We're just going through the timeline here. Like, I'm covering Tommy's childhood classics, as always, that he just completely missed because he was watching Freddy Krueger the 17th or whatever the hell. (laughs) And, and, and uh yeah cloverfield first episode of season two tommy yeah. welcome back how was your new year's you it was great uh let's see i well i watched some other stuff that we'll be covering later this month like edward scissorhands so uh that was a good a little treat to rewatch that and uh you know cloverfield i'm excited to talk about this this movie is celebrating its 15th anniversary which makes me feel ancient because i saw this in uh eighth grade a member of my dad in theaters so i can't wait to uh, dig into it a little more <laughs> Tommy, I want. I know we said, oh, maybe we'll cover this on the podcast. I had a tweet that did pretty well, where it was me convincing you to cover this specific film with a character in this movie. And I'm just going to do it right now because I know you're not going to go see this movie because it's three hours long. And I'm talking, of course, about Babylon. I need to spread the gospel of this movie. It was so much fun. I don't get the critical slander. For this movie, like the like the first two hours of this movie are like, not that I do drugs or as we often mention cocaine, but it feels like what cocaine would like feel that. like. It, yeah, it was, it was so much energy. It was so much fun, and it's really it's really just about three characters, um, uh, an aging silent film star that's struggling to adjust to the talking pictures, a rising actress who can't who has no self control. And a and a up and coming film executive trying to make his mark, make his place, and that's kind of what all the events of this movie revolve around. It has some of the most outrageous sequences. It is legitimately bonkers. Um, it is a true epic in the sense of the word. Yeah. I had so much fun watching this movie. I had so much fun watching this movie. And critics are saying, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm I was planning every- on seeing it." I, I know I'm, I'm not spoiling anything I'm but you but you're not gonna you're gonna see it like when it's on HBO like I, I already know with you because then you can take a break and you I was actually planning on seeing it this week well it's just like there's so much to catch up now like I still haven't seen Avatar 2 and that's three hours in itself I just see I saw Black Panther 2 on New Year's Day and that was like three hours in itself yeah, well, that's why, on you. why is that's every a, movie three hours that's on you well Babylon is at least worth it yeah, uh, Avatar 2 too long I, I saw Avatar 2 we can cover that after you see that one yeah. Uh, Babylon, I, like I would love to do a full episode on it, but like ten people have seen it, so that would really not be the wisest decision in terms of like the podcast as a business. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, let's be yeah. honest here: yeah. not the wisest decision movie that's made like ten million dollars at the box office to to then cover. But that's a movie in ten years, fifteen years, it's going to be everywhere. People are going to be tweeting it, Instagramming it, being like, "How is this movie misinterpreted at the time?" Blah blah blah. All this stuff. And because it it's so much fun, it's, it is. It's so much fun. I, There's like 
10 minutes of slow in the whole movie and it needs it just for like the character moments. You know what I mean? It's just, it has just to, to breathe s- a little bit. It has to breathe at some point. Yeah. But it, it really doesn't for like two hours of the runtime and then maybe for like 15 minutes it breathes and then it goes like right back into it, into one of the crazier endings. Like there's like 20 minutes of plot in this movie. Like the plot is like, oh, well, I have to end this movie somehow. So let's introduce a plot line here is basically yeah. what happens. <laughs> Yeah, I love that. Like, I love that. It's like, I think it's really special filmmaking. I think it's it's really difficult to pull that off effectively to be able to tell a story like that without requiring so much plot. It's it's a great character study, like a, a movie I've often mentioned, Nashville, another movie that's very character oriented. It's not something that Americans are accustomed to. It's a lot more European is where they're all character focused. Like, remember we um what was it the hunt like that's all a character movie like there's a little yep. bit of plot but that's a full character movie it's about like mads mickelson having to deal with the fact that he's been labeled a rapist in his town and like it's just fun this, movie <laughs> really fun movie to, especially for a guest on a podcast uh it was that was fun though i i just I enjoyed it. Shout out to Film Trace Podcast. That was a good shout good out episode. to the. It was a it was a good episode. It was just a, it was just a heavy yeah. movie to watch, especially when it's yeah. all in subtitles. But I am preaching the gospel of Babylon. I am spreading the word. Go see it. Tommy's like, I'm going to go see it this weekend. Yeah, Tommy, it's probably out of theaters already. So <laughs> I probably prob- missed my window. <laughs> you probably missed your window because you went to go see Black Panther two for some reason. Like how I was, was Black... to go see it. I was like, how, how was, was Black like... Panther two, Tommy? I fell asleep during it, so I mean, well, that, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I figured. I mean, I want to cover heat on this podcast at some point, and <laughs> you probably you, could have guessed that. <laughs> yeah, I could. That also tells me the movie's probably not that great if you're like in the theater falling asleep to it. To be fair, it was New Year's Day, and I mean, I wasn't hungover, but I, I was exhausted. <laughs> you can just say you were hungover, Tommy. Like adults listen to this, not. Yeah. You're not influencing eight-year-olds. You were hungover. It's fine, dude. I was. <laughs> I wasn't really hungover. I was on a car ride back from Vermont, which is just tiring. You know, four hours in the car. Yeah, humble <laughs> brag. I was in Vermont. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> All right, that was New Year's. We, we we caught up here. I'm currently. I've. I think I'm committing to also just TV side. I'm committing to not watching new TV series anymore. Like, I think I'm just done with with television. You're done with TV? I think so. I think I, th- I think I'm getting there because I, I just keep getting record. Oh, you got to watch this show. You got to watch it. Okay, what streaming service is it on? And then it's on some platform I've never heard of before. And I'm just like, I I think I'm just going to rewatch like the five shows that I like and never watch a new TV show again. <laughs> so, so Mad Men, Mad Men uh, rewatches like constantly now. <laughs> uh, I'm actually doing the first four seasons of Game of Thrones rewatch right now, currently. Yeah. Um, I, I, was, I don't know. I was getting I a really real suggestion. It. Yeah, I know. Tommy, you hate fan. Like, you gave Lord of the Rings two out of five, which is just ludicrous. Ludicrous. I give it to him. Yes, you did. It had the same. It had on your letterbox. I will remember. It's imprinted in my brain till the day I die that you have it ranked right next to you. It ranked right next to Batman versus Superman: Dawn of Justice. Which, let's be real, Tommy. That that I gave it two out of five. Um, Yeah, and you gave the Fellowship of the Ring two out of five. I will look this up right now because I I will pull up my fucking goddamn letterbox right now. You pull up. Okay, I'll van. I'll van. Tommy is now. You're you're doing anything to not talk about. (laughs) 
I actually didn't dislike Cloverfield. I oh, just, yeah. I mean, how, how much can we really stretch out of? Oh my god! Oh my god! I mean, that's really what. Oh, I give I give Lord of the Rings a three out of five. <laughs> okay, this is still disgraceful, Tommy. Yeah, well, whatever. I, mean, I only watched it once. I watched all those movies once, back to back to back. Uh, it took twelve that's, hours. That's on you intense. for that's on you for watching them all back to back to back. Like you need to watch those. Take one <laughs> separately. Separately, like do a rewatch of them. They're over fantastic. over the course of a week. <laughs> no, like over the course of a month, dude. Like just just like watch one a week. Like it's three hours. Like you can pause it. You know, we have that technology now. That's true. We have Never that deal. technology. Um, should we dive into Cloverfield? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Something has found us. Oh my God, what is that? On January 18th. You don't know what we saw. The point is, it's still here. Once you see it, nothing will be the same. Do you know what that thing is? Whatever it is, it's winning. From producer J.J. Abrams. Fight! We've got to fight! Where are you taking her? Cloverfield, limited PG thirteen. In terms of film pantheon, there are just two incredible movies about voyages and journeys to go save somebody. One of them is Saving Private Ryan, and the other is Cloverfield. So I have to be <laughs> honest; I went completely blind. I was really expecting like dumb monster movie with bad CGI, just destroying New York for, um like 50 minutes basically and it was really yeah. just it was really saving private ryan um rob rob is the brother <laughs> the because i'm looking at the cast list right now and, and they're both at the top cast rob and jason and i'm like i don't know who, which one's which like you know you got yeah thank god <laughs> rob rob was the guy who the party was for um, yeah so rob, rob so was the main, main rob was the main character <laughs> okay rob uh finally got together with his childhood crush and i guess like he didn't tech like they had that date like because it opened with like her on the camera and then it cut to the party and i was like a little confused but it explained it yeah as it like went along like getting that and then i guess from the context was like he didn't text her back and she showed up to the party with a new guy obviously just to make him jealous like just that was ginsburg and madman yeah that 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 was was uh, one of the things there's like three people there's three people in this movie that are recognizable. Um, one of them is T.J. Miller, obviously. The other one's Lizzie Kaplan, and then that guy, uh, uh, fucking Ginsburg, Travis. <laughs> that was his yeah. name in the movie. Yeah, well, I mean, who cares what his name was in the movie? He was in the movie for yeah. two seconds. But uh, Rob is moving to Japan for work. He didn't text Beth back or whatever. And then a monster attacks um, Manhattan. And then the rest of the movie is them going to Columbus Circle, journeying journeying to Columbus Circle to rescue Beth. Is basically that's what this movie is. It's a it's a rescue mission. Yeah. They're basically rescue heroes, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> and okay, so I, I have to get this out of the way because this was like just let them nitpick. I have just because I I get with New York geography, I get very nitpicky. I'm not a nitpicky person, but New York geography, I get very nitpicky. And the cross in the Brooklyn Bridge, they show them like crossing the first underpass of the bridge, like on the Manhattan side. And then it cuts okay, yeah. to before that, where like you would look into downtown Manhattan, like when you're entering from from the bridge to like look down at like the South Street Seaport and stuff and the explosion there. 
And then like when Jason was on the pole and he gets crushed, like that was there. But then when they're running, they're running back from like the middle spoke of the bridge. And I was like, this geography does not make sense. And it's really bothering me just because I know that. <laughs> Fuck your monster movie. No. Well, <laughs> just I, that. well have you ever Fuck seen JJ Abrams? I remember the biggest one was, do you, do you ever see the TV show crashing with uh, Pete Holmes where he's basically uh, like a failed? No, no, no. Co- but he, so I got, no, I got, I got to do this. Cause you'll, you'll like this. Trust me. So crashing pete holmes it doesn't matter what the plot is but he goes back to his wife finds him cheating or whatever but it takes the houses in harrison he gets off at the harrison train station and it's like him walking from the train station to the house and when they did the cuts of him like walking through harrison i'm like that's not right like where those streets were because i knew those harrison's (laughs) the town right next to where we grew up so i know pretty well and like just the route yeah yeah, yeah. i'm like geography this makes no sense whatsoever. What is this bullshit right here? It, no, so, it, I, it, I mean, it, it, it annoys me when I when I know the area. It's very, very rare that I know yeah. the area that well, and I'm just like watching that. Also, like, like come on. where the pl- where the plane crashes at the end, and then they're just like in the Central Park tunnel, and I'm like, this does the geography here. But I, I guess they just uh, put the camera down. Also, that camera had an incredible battery life, dude. Yeah, well, the camera is durable as fuck. It went inside the mouth of a monster. And you know, it was fine. <laughs> what a death for TJ Miller right there. <laughs> yeah, TJ Miller died. Marlena died. Oh, they all they all died. Oh no, Lily didn't die. She got away. Lily's the only one that didn't die. But I mean, like, it is one of those things where like this is a type of movie where like, like we said earlier, like for the most part, most of this cast has not really popped in other stuff. Like I haven't really seen anyone other than like I said, TJ Miller, Travis, and um the Lizzie Kaplan, anything else. So kind of sometimes when you watch this movie, it's like Oh, that's actual Rob right there. Rob just died or something. I remember um, this is a movie that the marketing campaign for this was fucking incredible. Um, I remember, I remember that. Yeah, this movie came out. Um, the way this movie first was like announced was uh, they released this with Transformers, the Michael Bay movie. And it was just a trailer right before Transformers where you saw it. And it was just like the scene of them on the rooftop finding out that there's a monster and like showing the Travis party. And it was just like, no idea. They didn't say what the name of the movie was during the trailer, and it was just said the release date, which was like one eighteen, eighteen or whatever, or one eighteen two thousand eight or something like that. And everyone was like, "What the fuck was that?" People thought it was like a Voltron movie. People thought it was just like a new Godzilla movie or something. And the viral marketing campaign for this was insane to the point where like they had stuff like a blog website for two characters who briefly show up in the party scene. Every single character had a MySpace page. They had different stuff where you could go on Cloverfield.com and like you know, mix up the different things and find out like what the origin of the monster was and stuff like that. I remember the summer of like 2007 was, I got really hooked, hooked on that and just really into the movie to, to a point. And, you know, there's the whole shaky cam first person view of this because this is a found footage movie. And I remember when I saw this in theaters opening night, um, they had an usher introduce the movie and talk about how this movie might cause motion sickness. So you guys might have to like be careful we have some barf bags if you need them. But that never affected me. Did it affect you when you're watching this? No. Um, no, I can go on roller coasters. I'm I'm pretty good. I got a pretty sure stomach. Yeah. <laughs> Here's my thing. I feel like this would have been... I feel like the shaky cam would have worked way better if it was just like footage on the field like the whole time. And obviously they're working with a limited budget and and all that. But like the Cloverfield monsters in the movie for like seven minutes, it's like not in the movie at all. Yeah, 
that also looks like shit like design wise like i'm not even talking about the cg which also didn't age great but i didn't think them like it was just like a blob you, you like the design of clover mm, that's the oh, name I, of it. I, I love that's... the little design of the monster it's like some amphibian little thing yeah well that's what people call them people call them clover i guess because cloverfield i mean it's simple <laughs> so what is it, is i don't it know on... the monster I... like what what why why was it named cloverfield movie jj abrams said that that was like the designation that uh the government has if um there's like a monster attack or something so whatever i mean some bullshit right there but i mean the one thing i do like about this movie is how they kind of dole out the information at first like you don't mm-hmm. see like the money shot of the monster until literally the like one of the last scenes in the movie where you're uh, it's just kind of just like the party scene where no one understands what's happened it kind of feels like Almost like a realistic version of what would happen if people just reacting like, what the fuck? Like, literally, the, uh, one of the most dialogue things in this movie is just people screaming, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. And, like, it evokes 9-11 imagery so much throughout. Yeah, it does evoke 9-11 imagery. Um, it evokes Godzilla feelings, obviously, too. Um, have you ever mm-hmm. seen the original Godzilla? Yeah. Like the like Still haven't. The OG? That's a great movie, like actually, and I th- there's definitely a lot of inspiration in here because that's like the story's not the same, but the fact that they make it about the characters and not a, so much about the monster makes it is where I think they drew the similarities in terms of the script. Yeah, well, the inspiration of this was J.J. Abrams was promoting uh, Mission Impossible Three um, in like Japan, and he was in a toy store and he saw like all these Godzilla toys out there. And he said, like, you know, America, other than King Kong, doesn't really have their own, like, vicious monster like Godzilla. We should change that. And that's how he started thinking about Cloverfield. That's good. That's, yeah. I mean, you know, Godzilla was only a reaction to the nuclear bomb. That was pretty much what his <laughs> allegory was. But J.J. Abrams was just like, you know what the free market really needs, man? It needs a disgusting CG monster, man. That's really what it's missing. Yeah. So, you know, this is the second uh, movie that we've covered of this director. Do you know what the other movie was? The Batman? Yeah, Matt Reeves. So Matt Reeves, this is his first movie he made. I mean, I think that he did a good job of directing. I, I do, too. Like I said, this, this is almost more of a this is more of a character thing, character-driven movie than you think. You think it would just be, like you said, dumb monster just going around attacking and people being like, oh, oh, God. <laughs> I mean, it kind of is that, but it's a little bit more, too. Or like the driving force of Rob trying to say Beth. Yeah, and like I actually really like the scene when they get to the military base right before Marlena dies, which I thought was that was the best kill in the movie. Like the way they shot that on the uh, in the quarantine room, like with the blood just splattering on the um, on the tarp. I thought that was like the most effective kill in the movie because mm-hmm. one of your main characters like just gets killed, kind of off. Like you don't see her die, but you see her die. But Rob gives a very impassioned. It's like speech. almost so mysterious. Yeah, it's very mysterious because it just happened so suddenly. It happened in the span of a minute, and this is Rob pleading to the military to let him go through after they find them in the tunnels in the in the subway. What's up? Got another bite here. Oh, oh, look at that. Gross. Please, we can't stay here. We have now. Copy that. Sir, we have two F-18s on route from Salford. Four more are arming up, maybe 30 minutes out. Listen up, people. Rack them and pack them. We're phantoms in 15. 
The hell's your five down? They were in the tunnel, sir. We had to go! is dying and it's my fault. She should have been with me tonight and I let her go and and I get it. Okay, you have your hands full. I get that. I get that. But we're going to go after her and if you want to stop me then you can have a shoot. It shows like the chaos that everybody's feeling like the emergency team's all there like nobody really has any sense of what's going on there and he's just like yeah. I don't care what's out there. Like I'm going to get her. Um and then they climb like 59 stairs or whatever to cross over to the apartment um she was real casual yeah beth was found in like a with like a spade in her and now i'm not a practicing medical person nurse or whatever but (laughs) logic tells me that if you're she was impaled with like a spear like in her chest and they pull it out and now logic tells me that like you keep that in there (laughs) because it's, it's stopping the blood from coming out of like a vital part of your body that you know you could die from mm. but they still pull it out and she's fine until you know she, she's she's <laughs> not but she's right she, i mean yeah that's the one little nitpicky thing where it's like she's like running away and she's just she's faster than fucking tj miller because he's like a fat fuck obviously <laughs> well i want to touch back on like earlier like how you said like you know there's no like no one really knows what's going on i do like this about this movie that this really takes care of like on the street kind of things of, of more of the civilians we don't have like the scientist character being like Oh, this came from the ocean, and this is why it's attacking us. And or like, can want to be in the Godzilla movie where it's just like, they must fight. Like Godzilla is like here or wherever. Like or no one knows what's going on. It's just chaos completely, and just makes you just really feel like holy crap. Like what? What the fuck? Yeah, I I like yeah. the sense that it, like it feels like if that if a monster ever attacked New York, that's probably what the feeling on the ground would be like from a civilian perspective. Yeah, of just of- running panic and just like oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Um, I would love to see like a updated 2022 version of this where like they would have a scene of like the characters like pulling up fucking like TikTok or Twitter or something like that. Just like look at this social media feed right there. Like, look at that. Like, yeah. oh holy crap. This, this <laughs> is like right before the cusp of like everything getting videotaped. Like, I mean, this movie is yeah. made five years later. It's recorded on an iPhone, it's not recorded on a handheld. It's like that Steven Soderbergh movie. <laughs> and like you even said, like the marketing campaign, they had all had myspace profiles like what <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly you can't imagine it MySpace like, a year later MySpace was obsolete <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> and so tj miller how did you because he's kind of our narrator through this and like i like the way that they depicted him at the party where like kind of, like he's the the brother's best friend but i feel like everybody kind of hates him because he seems kind of annoying yeah He's like the annoying, like kind of goofy guy that everyone has to tell, like, "Hey, shut the fuck up, man! Like you're being an idiot." And like, uh, I do, I thought that his performance was good, and you could see why he ended up popping up out, out of this cast of being like, a, he essentially for years was just like the best friend in romantic comedies and stuff like that, and just playing a similar character or just goofy guy. I thought he was good. I mean, I, I remember when I first saw the movie, I was sad he died, but you know, looking back, I was like, he was a dipshit. There would be one of those guys like the whole entire time during the chaos, being like, "I need to film this whole thing. Come on, do people need to see this, man?" <laughs> 
hey, listen, I was a signed cameraman and I take my job very seriously. But like there is also the the secondhand thought of, well, I do want to record this because this is the most batshit insane thing that's ever happened to me. And I happen to have a camera in my hands. Yeah, <laughs> conveniently. <laughs> conveniently, but like he wasn't focused on it in terms of like, if this happened in 2022, people are killing themselves to get better angles. Like with their friends, yeah. <laughs> like people are like walking up to the monster, being like, "Hey man, can you just take ten seconds here while I just get a really good shot? You yeah, destroy that building, destroy that building." They take selfie challenge with a, a fucking clover. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it would be ridiculous. I mean, that's Darwinism at its finest. Uh, instead of just like running away and yeah. being like, "Yeah, there's helicopters recording this." I think, I think we're good. The shaky cam, like, so Tommy, how many times have you seen Cloverfield? Roughly. It's probably my like fourth or fifth time seeing this. Yeah, so, four or five times, I think. I mentioned so. <laughs> it briefly when I opened my take. Like, how does that age for you? Because like obviously Blair Witch inspired low but like a low budget way to to shoot these kind of movies and give it that real effect. But I feel like it's definitely gone out of style. Um, I think it was even out of style at this point, even though this movie did do very well. But like, how did how did that like hold up for for you now? Like, this is the fiftieth movie we're, we've covered on this podcast. Like, thinking of it back on like all the movies you've watched, like this is our first shaky cam. Like, how does that hold up for you? I still I still like the shaky cam aspect of it. I mean, it does definitely gives a different feel and vibe of like other movies. I mean, found footage movies can be a mixed bag sometimes because you automatically know the characters are going to die and suspense is not there. But this one. I think, like you said, like kind of gives it almost like that, like realistic feel of like this is what would happen in New York City if this were to happen, and, and just showing it evokes so much of like the nine eleven videos you see on like the History Channel nowadays of like people on the ground when like you know all the the World Trade Center was falling. You watched the History Channel back in the day, I did, but <laughs> back when I had cable, my dad would put it on, and I was like, oh yeah, this is fine. <laughs> That's funny because they don't show history anymore. They just re what they just re air upon stars. Tommy, come on, you got another business model. Yeah, that. I mean, I mean to be fair, this is like ten years ago. I'm talking I know, about, I, but <laughs> I, I know I'm busting your balls, kid. See, for me, it's like a mixed bag. I feel like a mix of the two would have been good. I think there's just moments that would have benefited from like an actual movie camera and like keep it on the 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 quad group of heroes like don't change the perspective and give me the military's pre like i don't care like i don't need some dude in a military uniform that's that i'll find his name out when the credits roll right like i like mm -hmm. i don't i don't care about that but i think like I, it bugs me that the like when they fall down then the the like when the camera's then just like facing the down because facing the floor because that's how they fell like that yeah. bugs me like that's just like and then you're just hearing it and i'm like i get it but then it's like 30 seconds and you're like, okay, like move, get, give me a little bit more visually interesting thing right here. <laughs> yeah. Like don't give me a stagnant camera. Like my grandma trying to figure it out. You know what I mean? Like give me something, to, give me some juice. Is this your first found footage movie? I mean, how many other found footage movies have you seen? Probably, um, like have you seen probably. Yeah. Like you haven't seen Blair Witch. Um, you haven't seen, well, I mean, project X is technically a found footage movie. <laughs> I don't know if I ever saw project X. Yeah, I, um, I remember it never... coming out when I was like going into college, and I was like, I don't really have an interest. To, like, if the boys it, it went wasn't and that saw, good. It, yeah, I, I knew it wasn't good, but it was like if the boys went and we had some beers and went and saw Project X, like I'd go see Project X, you know. But yeah, 
it's not a movie you go seek out by yourself. <laughs> You're like, let me let me go to the cinema. <laughs> I'm not. Yeah, it's not one. I'd, yeah, Project X for one, please. Yeah, you know that's a little. That's <laughs> so embarrassing. Like, I, listen, I did Sonic the Hedgehog for one, and that was embarrassing enough. You know, doing it for Project yeah. X. That's even worse. That's even worse. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I'm trying to think of my worst one. But like, I mean, I saw the Bob's Burgers movie with myself, and I was the only one in the theater and didn't notice that until afterwards. And going back to the movie, like one of the things, like we talked about how mysterious this was, like during the marketing, it was that way for the actors too. No script was used during auditions, and people didn't know what they're trying out for. A lot of people just assumed they were uh, auditioning for Star Trek because JJ Amos was the producer for that. And uh, Lizzie Kaplan, um, like audition, she thought she was, she was auditioning for a romantic comedy. And then she found out. She was like, "Wait, what was this movie? I just landed." That's <laughs> a little bit of a romantic comedy. Like, I like at the beginning, HUD is like clearly has a crush on her. Like, he, she he's supposed to be filming somebody's thing, and she walks in, and he like you know zooms the camera in. And then basically, by yeah. survival instincts, she starts to have some sort of attraction to him because he's one of the two guys there in the group yeah. and she's at her low the lowest point any human could ever possibly be at <laughs> which is being attacked by a monster yeah when you're in high heels that sounds pretty brutal i'm not gonna lie yeah no she was the one character where like she didn't even mention it at one point but like she could have just like been like fuck i'm going to helicopters you guys have fun saving beth i don't really know you guys because that's her whole thing in the beginning of the movie she was like i don't really know rob i only met him like two or three times and like i don't know the rest of you guys so I guess she was just so panicked. She was like, I'll just stay at these people. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's like, because then she would have been walking the Brooklyn Bridge alone. Like, that's even more terrifying. So, like, the people that you're with. Exactly. It, you know, yeah. it adds that kind of layer to it. They did have good character moments in this. I mean, I did like the scene of, like, um, Rob calling his mom and being like, Jason, my brother's dead. It mm-hmm. was just kind of just, like, really hit home in a way. It was the first time he processed it, too. Cause like he, the brother gets smashed yeah. on the Brooklyn bridge and like, he's like, we got to go. And it's just like, he gets the call from Beth and he's trying to get the charger for the phone. And then they go into the subway station, which I, I think was probably the best shot sequence in the movie was when mm-hmm. like they're running to the subway station and the army guys are coming down the street and like all that footage with like the rockets and stuff going back and forth. Like, I think that was probably like the best shot sequence in the movie, like a- action wise. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he calls his mom or his mom calls him and he's like, yeah, like, we're we're okay. We're, you know, hidden in a subway station. But, um, you know, uh, uh, Jason died. And then he, like, has to process that because, like, he clearly had not processed that his brother was not with him anymore. And it was powerful. I feel like a worse movie would have just, like, cut that scene out. Mm -hmm. The worst movie would have just glossed over the fact that, like, his brother died or whatever. Like, you know... Think about the schlocky like Friday Thirteenth movies when a like, character dies, no one has a moment to like, even process it. <laughs> yeah, I see. I think this movie was already eighty. Like, I can't tell you the relief I had, Tommy, when I finally purchased it on Amazon and I started up, and it says one hour twenty four minutes. I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it was great. It was like what eighty minutes at most, and like Matt Reeves. Well, apparently, the reason they made that the length time was because that's how long a typical camcorder lasts. Like 80 minutes. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. So they wanted to have like the length of that. So in terms, because you've seen this four or five times. Yeah. You know, the movie centers around the relationship between Rob and Beth. Um, like what do you think of their chemistry from what we see in the movie? Like, you know, I think before is a better indicator versus like 
after like when he saves her because obviously like they go and save her and like she's like you know it's like that prince charming effect basically like you just saved my life and i was dying alone yeah but like what did you think of like their chemistry like how did you think they performed together i i think in the beginning it definitely showed a little bit of chemistry of like, like life full playfulness and stuff like that um i definitely feel a lot of the relationship was just kind of a show instead of a, or tell instead of show mm-hmm. to be fair where it's like oh i love her and stuff like that but we didn't really see that as much you know but it was granted the movie is only 80 minutes there's only so much time you can have that to breathe yeah it, well it was more I, like i think they showed it well and like how strong the feelings were when they get to the party and then like they have the con mm-hmm. like hud's like oh can you say goodbye you know like say your goodbye to g rob whatever and you know she says her thing and then there then he comes in and he's like we need to talk and hud you know follows because obviously they need to like follow it and they're just having such like a heated yeah. debate and you know it, like from the, what the movie's telling us is like they obviously had feelings for each other they acted on it once they didn't follow through on it after they acted on it and then with him leaving mm-hmm. probably because he was knew he was probably leaving within a month and then you know then a monster attacks new york and then you really realize what matters to you the most so but they have a very <laughs> no, emotional that's like a godzilla monster yeah they have a very emotional farewell and i'm going to play that for you right now because i have the clip queued up my name is robert hawkins it's uh, six 42 a.m. on Saturday, May 23rd. Approximately seven hours ago, something attacked the city. I don't know what it is. Uh, if, if you found this tape, I mean, if you're watching this right now, then you probably know more about it than I do. Whatever it is, it killed my brother, uh, Jason Hawkins. It killed my best friend, Hudson Platt, and uh, Marlena Diamond, and many, many others. Uh, we've crashed here in Central Park and taken shelter under this bridge. Uh, the military has begun bombing the creature, and uh, we're caught in the middle. Okay, ready? It's okay. Oh, I don't know what to say. Just tell them who you are. My name is Elizabeth McIntyre. I don't know why this is happening. But we're gonna wait here until this passes. They die literally the second after that. Um, yeah. Uh, fun fact: uh, Steven Spielberg uh, suggested to J.J. Abrams and Matt Reeves to put on the air horns in that scene. <laughs> oh, really? Spielberg was yeah, involved yeah. in this production. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. So he saw the test screen. He's like, you should add that. In this but, movie um, that, that rips off Saving Private Ryan? Wow. Yeah, who would have thought? Um, well, you know, I, I do think that it was just kind of like that scene was almost an emotional catharsis where like uh, Matt Reeves says that it doesn't really matter if they lived or died. In that moment, they said that they loved each other and that's what mattered. And that's what the movie was building up to. Of them like finally being like, I'm here for you. Like, you know, like they're there for each other in their final moments. Most More than likely their final moments. <laughs> I feel like I'm probably just going to say I love you to whoever's next to me. Like if, if I'm in that moment. Yeah, when you're about to die. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean. Uh, yeah, like whoever's know. next to me, I'm just like, uh, I fucking I love you. I'm going to die anyways. Uh. 
I love you, man. Thanks for sharing this moment with me. Like, you know, you're on death row or whatever. Like, you're going to save the guards. You know, I love you. I know you're going to kill me, but I love you, man. It's like if uh, like five minutes, like 10 minutes later, we found that they survive and like they uh, get out of that. It's kind of like the speed situation where it was a cinder book says in speed. It's like couples in high distress uh, don't usually last. <laughs> you see, like yeah. ten months later, Rob and Beth like broke up because it's like you know now there's no no giant monster. I kind of just like don't have any feelings for it anymore. <laughs> the action is the juice, baby. <laughs> I am a star. I'm a star. I'm a star. I'm a star. I am a big, bright, shining star. We talked about a good amount of performances, but who who do you think is the star of the show? Who do you think gave the best performance? Because in my opinion, it was Michael Stahl David, who plays Rob Hawkins, who plays our primary lead. Um, I think he showcases a good range of emotion there. Um, like the story hinges on him because he's the one directing people to do the craziest, stupidest thing you've ever seen in your life. Heroic, for sure. Yeah. Heroic, but stupid um and yep. just like in terms of like you know like the clips like i was looking through the clips and it's just so many people like screaming oh my god oh my god and and it's you know it's not great for audio purposes only when you just have that <laughs> exclusively and i think the movie just weighs on his shoulders like he's he has to carry it i mean tj miller's good but like I, it's surprising that he's the one that kind of like took completely took off but I guess like he just has like much more of like a distinct look in terms of like that best friend persona where like Michael Stahl David looks like the most yeah. generic white guy I've ever seen in my life. Exactly. He's, he's a very generic. I mean, like, he was good in this movie. and I do think that he was kind of the star. I'm kind of tempted also to say TJ Miller, though, because that's the performance I can remember the most whenever I like revisit this movie. Just because I don't know, I usually like the comedic relief characters. And I thought that he was an entertaining comedic relief. And he technically is the cinematographer of this movie, too. Um, apparently, TJ Miller thought uh, shot like a third of this movie. Oh, really? So he like yeah, he's the narrator. Yeah, held the camera. Yeah, Yeah. probably the stuff where it falls to the ground. Yeah, that's probably him. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, that would happen. Where like you know, there's sometimes where like a cinematographer because obviously wasn't TJ Miller the whole time, but like sometimes a cinematographer like trip and then they keep that in the movie because it's like that feels realistic. Fuck it, keep that in, keep that in. (laughs) But um, I'm gonna go TJ Miller. I think. Because he's the one that popped out of this movie, and there's a reason why. <laughs> All right. This is our Civil War. It begins season two. No, I'm <laughs> kidding. I, I won't get that emotional about this. Ah, are you ready, comedy partner? Waka waka. Tommy, will, would Cloverfield work as a Muppet adaptation? So, like, first of all, like, Clover would have to be, like, a fucking, like, uh, what's the giant-ass Muppet? Um, know, he looks like Snuffleupagus. I know which one you're talking about, but yeah, I can't remember yeah. his or, name. Or, or he could even just be Big Bird or Snuffleupagus. If it was fucking Big Bird just destroying all the buildings and stuff like that. That'd be kind of fun. That'd be fun. I'd watch it. I'd watch, I'd watch the YouTube highlights of it. Uh, yeah. I wouldn't recommend to the Walt Disney Company that controls all of our lives to, you know, make it, but I would. I would watch the clips if they decided to. I feel like horror yeah. and the Muppets don't just really Muppet. mesh well. It depends on the type of horror. If it was like your like Friday Thirteenth like generic slasher, you can make it funny. Muppets just like blood instead of blood and guts just felt. But monster Cloverfield no. Monster movies no. Yeah, this is a hard hard no for me. Well, we're gonna leave our Muppets, our beloved puppets, to the side for this one. Tommy. Review time. Give me your score out of five. 
So I think this is a movie where the marketing actually paid off for it and really helped hype it up and just made it really entertaining. But even on rewatch, this is still a captivating movie. At 80 minutes, it has a good mix of horror, humor, and enough character moments that other movies would easily skirt past. Um, I'm going to go 4 out of 5. And for a PG-13 horror movie, this is actually really effective. And even last night, I was still a little spooked at some points. Yeah, so the horror didn't really land for me uh, too much. I definitely wasn't really scared through this. I kind of was just way more invested in like the character moments. Um, I guess the scariest thing was the spider attacks, but I, I did, still didn't really get that scared. Um, I think it has a really good character story. Um, I think it, you know, which is surprising for this kind of movie where that like the monster attack is really just the background element and sets the scene for these two characters to finally connect in the way that they need to to each other. Uh, I'm going to go three out of five. I'd recommend watching it if you haven't seen it. It's a nice brisk 80 minutes. We love our short movies. I wouldn't recommend watching it more than once. I probably will never visit this again, but I had a good time when I watched it. So three to five for Cloverfield for me. Fun little movie. I feel like it would have benefited from like seeing it in theaters at the time. But as we all know, I have like the horror knowledge of uh, of an infant. So it's like a toddler now. Thanks yeah. to Tommy. Thanks to Tommy showing me all this. I'm, I'm getting you up there. <laughs> You're getting me up there, man. I'm going to, we're going to, you know, in six years, we're going to be covering like Nightmare on Elm Street, the, the seventh. And I'm gonna be like, Tommy, this movie is garbage. <laughs> I can't wait. Get, get ready for that. I haven't seen it uh, in 2028. <laughs> yeah. Haven't seen a 2020. We, you guys have no idea how calculated our schedule is, man. We just have it all figured out. <laughs> oh, we, totally. 100%. We definitely don't <laughs> just text each other at the beginning of every month. Hey, have you seen this? Definitely don't do that. Hey, hey, this movie is coming off an anniversary. I, I, as I Google like January 2008 releases, and I'm like, oh, that's a good movie. This is how we picked Cloverfield. <laughs> I, I just found that out today. Yeah, that's usually how I, I go through our schedule. So. Other times I just watch a movie at work. I'm like, this is a good movie. You should talk about it. <laughs> so, Tommy, any final thoughts? Uh, so, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, leave us a five-star review. Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast really helps us out. And uh, be sure to follow us on social media. Um, at Scene It Pod. That's on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. We post some funny reels and some funny Photoshop with Timmy and I. That, uh, you know, we'll do one for Clearfield. It'll be a little complicated Photoshop. <laughs> Tommy, just be the monster, man. Just put yourself there. Yeah. Take a picture of yourself with your shirt off and just you know, yeah. really go all out. I'll send you a ring light. Yeah. I'll Amazon one too. Yeah. We'll we'll get it going. <laughs> um, but thank you all so much for listening today. Season two kicking off. We're gonna have an even better year than last year. We'll see you next time.